0: want to welcome our guests with us today. If you are a guest visiting with us today, we are glad that you are here. We want you to make yourself at home. We would ask you that you would fill out this tab on the side of your bulletin. Everybody can pull that off. And um, If you're visiting with us today, we have a gift for you. We would like for you to take that to the welcome table as you leave worship today and drop that off and someone back there will give you a a little bag that has a a gift in it and some information. And we would also like to have the opportunity to get to know you a little better and allow you to get to know us. Uh, There will be a perfect opportunity for that next Sunday morning at 945. We will have another starting point if you have been visiting with us and are interested uh, to find out more information or maybe you've been away for a while and you want to kind of see where we're headed and what we're doing, we'd love to give you that opportunity to meet our staff as well. If you know of anyone, church members, that you would like to invite that maybe have been asking you some questions, uh, we'd love to give you that opportunity to invite them to Starting Point on Sunday morning at 945. We'll meet in the Fellowship Hall to the right of uh, the sanctuary you your right of the sanctuary there next sunday morning so that will be a a a good time to to get to know us and us get to know you want to just draw attention to the beautiful flowers that are placed in the um, sanctuary this morning you can see a note about that inside the bulletin there and then below you'll see no evening services tonight but we do have several meetings this afternoon a couple of meetings and you can see those listed on the back uh, underneath today, so go ahead and, and turn over to the back there, and we'll um, look at a couple of quick announcements on the back side. You see the menu for Wednesday night. I want to remind you to uh, make sure you've got a reservation, and if you're not going to make it, try to call the church office so we can keep our numbers pretty close to our Wednesday night uh, supper. Saturday evening will be a special time for us to fellowship together. We'll be showing the movie The War Room, or War Room is the name of that movie, and I've heard a couple people ask what that's about, and that is a wonderful movie about prayer, and I would encourage you to come and, and see that if you haven't already. If you have, come and fellowship together. Uh, and we will also have our sign-up sheets, which are already out in the back hallway at the office for our small groups. There will be some small group Bible studies that will go along with this movie as well. So those are all listed in the back hallway, and we will have those leaders here on Saturday evening, so you can um, get to know them and sign up to be a part of one, of one of those Bible studies. Next Sunday is a cool time in our church where the men will be leading in worship Men, we want your help. We need your help. We are going to have a men's choir next Sunday morning, so we need you to be in the choir room at 10.30. Okay? That's all men, whether you can sing or whether you can't. Um, All men uh, in the choir room at at 10.30. All right. Well, I'm going to recognize keith here in just a second but i do want to let let you know along with next sunday we will begin our uh, winter spiritual growth time and that is an emphasis on um, living healthy and whole in christ and you'll see that insert in your bulletin with what each of those will be about and i know that'll be a neat time on sunday evenings beginning next sunday night
1: good morning Welcome to Boiling Springs. I know we have several guests here today, and we want each of you to know that we are delighted that you are here today. I'm glad that you braved the snow to join us this morning. Um, As a church, we have many ministry partners. You heard from one of those ministry partners last Sunday, the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home, and they did a great job not only leading us in worship, which was a very wonderful time, but also educating us about the ministry that they have not only with children, but with the disabled but also uh, with older adults in our state as well. When you tithe to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, a portion of your gifts go to help our ministry partners. With the funds that you gave last October when the children's homes was scheduled to come for the first time and the funds that you gave last Sunday, you have given a total in those offerings of over $5,200 to help bring about change and safety and security in the lives of children across our state. With the monies that you already give as a part of your regular tithes and offering, we send a percentage of that to the children's homes of North Carolina. So combined uh, with what we gave through our budget, which was around $2,600 last year, with what you gave in these last Sundays to the children's homes, we have given them over $7,800 in 2015. I say maybe the last 13 months. So uh, that's a good sum of money that goes to a great ministry. But So the greater your gifts to the church, the greater we, again, we are able to contribute to our ministry partners. Another ministry partner included in our CBF giving plan includes the Baptist Joint Committee. The percentage of our gifts given to this organization is much smaller, but the work they do has great significance for religious liberty in our country. A total of $265 was given to this partner in 2015. The Baptist Joint Committee is the only faith-based agency devoted solely to religious liberty and the institutional separation of church and state. Since 1936, the Baptist Joint Committee has continuously provided reliable leadership on church-state issues as it leads key coalitions of religious and civil liberties groups striving to protect both the free exercise of religion and to defend against its establishment by government. Baptists value and have always valued religious and separation of church and state. The Baptist Joint Committee believes that religious liberty is best protected when the church and state are institutionally separated and neither tries to perform or interfere with the essential mission and work of the other. Separation has been good for both church and state. This morning, our sermon will look at what it means to be a good neighbor. Specifically, what does it mean to be a good neighbor on a dangerous road? The narrow road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a very dangerous 17-mile stretch that dropped 3,000 feet in elevation. Robbers would often take advantage of people along this winding and narrow path. The Baptist Joint Committee helps us greatly in navigating what are at times dangerous roads dealing with issues of church and state. When different sides of a political issue disagree, and this, de- and this disagreement is present also within the church body, may we be recognized as God's children as we act as a good good neighbor to all in the midst of the disagreement. In today's sermon text, Jesus challenges us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Will you join me as we seek to live out this command? You can learn more about the Baptist Joint Committee in Washington, D.C. by going to bjconline.org. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you for the work of our ministry partners. We thank you for the work of the Baptist Joint Committee and these in Washington, D.C., who fight for the separation of church and state. Help us as we seek to be good neighbors to all. Bless those who labor at the Baptist Joint Committee office. We ask now for your blessing on our service today. We are grateful, Lord, for the freedom that we have to worship you this morning. Lord, challenge us, convict us, And speak to us today in ways that we need to be spoken to. We commit this time to you, and we ask that you would have your way in us and in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: So now we have the chance to lift our voices and sing as Roger was playing, Um, and you will need your bulletin uh, for the words to the next song. We're going to stand and sing Mighty to Save. Please stand.
3: Invite my children to come down forward for sermon on the steps. I can see the long weekend has taken a toll here on my children. Would say the bad weather, but it's not bad weather anymore, is it, Luke? How many of you know about Horton? Horton hears a who do you know about Horton? Who? All right, Horton, Hmm? who knows? Horton is a character from Dr. Seuss. And Horton is a big elephant with big ears. And Horton was swimming one day in a pool, and he heard people talking. And he couldn't find the people that he heard talking. Then all of a sudden, he heard them on a tiny little speck of dust. Well, most of us know you can't see a speck of dust, much less hear anything. And that's what the animals in the forest said to Horton. You're hearing things, Horton. There's nothing there. But Horton kept saying a person is a person as small as he can be. And he said, I am going to help the speck of dust. So he picks up the speck of dust and he asks for help. Nobody in the forest would help him. So he carries Horton's little speck of dust around with him until he finds a pretty little piece of clover and he puts the speck of dust down. Well, as Pastor Keith just said, our sermon or our lesson today is being a good Samaritan. And so Horton, in his own way, took care of this tiny little speck of dust That had people on it. So in our story in the Bible. There's a man who's walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as Pastor Keith said it's a bad walk. Well a band of robbers beat him up. Took his money and left him. And a man walked by and said. No thank you. Walked to the other side of the road. And kept going. And another man passed him. No, thank you. Walked to the other side of the road. And then a Samaritan came by and said, I can help this man. So he picked him up. He took him to the end. He bathed him. He fed him. And he bandaged him. And he stayed with him all night. And in the morning, he told him, in the end, to help take care of him, he'd be back. Well, granted... None of us are going to be able to take care of a speck of dust. But Horton took care of his speck of dust, just like the good Samaritan took care of the man that was in the road. But what I want you to do, in your own way, be a good Samaritan. When you're at school or at the grocery store or with your family and friends, if they need a little help, then help them. There's always somebody who's got a broken arm or walking on crutches. Carry their books for them. Our scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what I want you to do. Love your neighbor. Love your friend. As Horton did that speck of dust, and the good Samaritan did the man on the road. Can we do that? Yeah. Yep, we can. All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, protect our children. They are our special gifts from you. In their heart is full of love and in ours too. We don't always know how to be the good Samaritan. Help us, lead us, and guide us as only you know how. Protect these children and their families. It's in Jesus' name we ask and say amen.
2: Please turn to page 61 in your hymnal as we continue to worship together in song. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Please stand.
0: As we go into our prayer time this morning, I'm going to just ask you to look to your left and then look to your right. I want you to pray for the person that you saw on your left and on your right this week. If you don't know that person by name, I would encourage you to find out their name before you leave today so that we can be mindful of one another during the week. There are those in our church that have special needs, those who are recovering in nursing homes, wanting to go home, those who are battling sickness and illness. So be mindful of those this week. But particularly, remember the face and the name of the person on your right and left so that we can be in prayer this week for one another. Let's pray. God, it is is a privilege to call you Father. We acknowledge your presence and thank you so much for who you are and for what you are doing in our lives, for allowing us to worship in this beautiful building, for putting us here, not only today, but around the people that we are worshiping with, for placing us in this body of believers Father, we pray for the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we just ask, God, that they would fill your hand. For those who need healing, may they experience it. For those who are seeking peace and comfort, may they find it in you. Father, I pray that you would allow us to see the opportunities for we can be your hands and feet. God, that we would allow your spirit to abide in us and do in us what you will. Our hearts are heavy for those who are grieving, and we ask that a special presence be with those who are experiencing death and grief. Father, again, we are very grateful to be able to experience you. And Lord, my prayer and our prayer together is for those who have not experienced you. That they are living their life day in and day out with no hope because they don't know you. God, may you provide within us a passion and a desire to see them experience you the way that we have. God, as we have looked both to the right and to the left of us this morning, I realize that for some of us, there may be some animosity within our body. Some things we can't get past, some hard feelings, the inability to forgive. But Lord, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would not let Satan bind us by not allowing us to forgive. So God, I pray that you would give us the ability to forgive, to show grace. We are so grateful for your grace and mercy that you have shown us through your son, Jesus Christ. And again, it is an honor and a privilege to worship you here today. In Christ's name I pray, amen
2: the words to the next hymn remind us that God's love and mercy really are much wider and broader and deeper than anything that we can comprehend. Um, May the words of this hymn sink in as we sing together, inspiring us to experience that wideness in God's mercy and to extend it to all those that we come in contact with this week. Please stand as we sing hymn number 25, There's a wideness in God's mercy.
4: Let's pray together. Father, during this time in our worship, we come to you grateful. Your mercy and your love and your grace is so far and so wide for us. And we come to you this morning during this time of of our worship where we recognize all that you have given to us. And I pray for uh, during this time that we would be willing to open up our hearts, to open up our minds, to give back to you. Father, I pray that as we go through the rest of this service, through the rest of our week, that we would think and come up with ways to to give back our time and our efforts to you as well. Father, I pray that you be with this church, this congregation this morning as we go through the rest of our worship. I pray that this worship time would be a time where we praise you, Father, I pray for Keith as he gives us our message this morning, that your Holy Spirit would would be inside of him as he preaches your word. Father, I just pray that all of us would be able to open our hearts to feel your presence in us this morning. Father, we love you, and we are grateful for all that you have given to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
5: would ask if you are able to stand, if you would stand in honor of our Lord as we read his scripture. Our reading is taken from Luke 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? what do you read there he answered you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your excuse me <coughs> with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself and he said to him you have given the right answer do this and you will live but wanting to justify himself He asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and and leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest came by, was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling through, came nearby near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed his, him mercy. Jesus said, Go and do likewise. May the Lord bless the hearing and the reading of his word. Um.
1: as we worship together. Thank you, Choir, and Roger, Linda, Cheryl. We could all use a little more grace. Our world could use a little more grace. The church could use a little more grace. I think you will all agree with me that these are polarizing times in which we live today. Uh, We can thank our news uh, people and talk show hosts and pundits uh, for creating uh, this environment and it seems to only be increasing, you know, this year. Later this year, we'll be electing a new president, and it's unfortunately only going to get worse, uh, unfortunately. But, um, uh, you know, be, and even beyond the presidency, there are still hot-button issues. There are still issues as a society, as a country, that we are faced with and that we are forced to deal with. I read this week a quote that uh, is... It said, Christians who desire to be good citizens should pledge allegiance to the Lamb and not donkeys and ele- or elephants. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. And with that said, this morning I have a question for us. How is God calling his people, how, how is God calling you and I to behave, to think, and to act in the midst of the society that we find ourselves how is he calling us to be his presence in the midst of these polarizing times? How are, are you and I to respond to others? How are we to respond to one another across the church aisle when we may see, thing, may see things a little bit differently? I came across a quote this week that I cannot escape thinking about. It's by a guy who uh, writes uh, often or has his own blog, John if i'm saying that name correctly but he said it's getting harder and harder to love all people and still fit into what has become american christianity this is a sad quote let me say it again it's getting harder and harder to love all people and still fit into what has become american christianity this is a sad quote but yet one that stings with some honesty honesty This quote, number one, implies that today's American Christian no longer loves everybody. It's discouraging, but yet at times an honest observation. Also, there seems to be a subtle message that American Christianity must hate or always be against something. So much so that acts of violence or inappropriate name-calling is okay for some, even in the church. According to a study done by the Southern Poverty Law Center, there are 939 hate groups currently operating in the United States, many of which are sadly religiously driven. Today's passage in Luke, and thank you, Diane, for the reading this morning, today's passage challenges us, number one, regarding our response to violence, but it also challenges us to seek out ways to change the reputation of the road. This road between Jerusalem and Jericho was approximately 17 miles in length and it descended over 3,000 feet in in elevation. For those of you that have spent some time in the mountains, you know that there's only one way a road can be created in the mountains and that's by a lot of work. Uh, It's very windy and uh, so is this road. It, It had, I believe, from what I've studied and what I've seen there myself on my trip to Israel, it has moments or stretches that are straight But many of you who have taken trips to the mountains, and as I grew up in Hendersonville, uh, it's not the the deep mountains, but it is the foothills of the mountains, and I know that there are places around there, as not that far from here, that are very windy if you take a trip into the mountains. Um, There's a place that I remember specifically called Highlands, North Carolina, and it seems as though you can't really get there from anywhere. Uh, It's very difficult if you've ever been to Highlands to get to Highlands, and when you get to Highlands, the first time I went, I just had to sit still in my car for about five or ten minutes when I arrived, uh, just to kind of get my equilibrium straight again from all those curves. But yet, this winding road from Jerusalem to Jericho was known for its rocks and its hills and its narrow passageways. It's not a good place to be alone, as this one found out today in the passage. One would have to travel long stretches of empty road, and it would again, it would be the ideal place for thugs and thieves to hide. This lonely traveler was beaten, was robbed, and left to die. I want to quickly remind you, uh, many of you have heard this story, but I hope today that you may hear it or think about it in a little bit different light. But it's, I feel, of necessity that we talk about each of the characters briefly. There's four characters. We have the robber, we have the priest, the Levite, and we have the good Samaritan. The obvious challenge in today's story is for God's people to be like the Good Samaritan and to show kindness to everyone, especially those disadvantaged or hurting or those who have fallen in difficult times. Let's think for a brief moment about the characters. Are we ever the robber? Maybe not physically. I hope no one here is, would find themselves as the robber this morning. But do we take from others in any way? Do we hurt others and leave them? stranded in any way let's think about the priest how often do we walk by one hurting due to the convenience factor much like the priest did but to become involved we would need to invest and the priest knew that as well but the priest could have thought if the person lying there is a non-jew he he could be risking defilement especially if the person were actually dead if he defiles himself he cannot collect distribute and eat tithes His family and servants will suffer from the consequences um, uh, with him as well. The priest is in a predicament. Moreover, he cannot approach closer than four cubits to a dead man without being defiled, and he will have to overstep that boundary just to ascertain the condition of the wounded man. So factoring in all this, the priest continues on his way. The Levites, who were a little lower socially than the priest, uh, were descendants of Levi, and they again assisted the priest... But Levi, who is, again, of the lower social class, may have been walking. Uh, The priest may have been riding. Since he's a higher social class, he may have been riding on a donkey. But nevertheless, Levi could have been walking. He most probably saw the priest ahead of him and could have thought to himself, if the priest may pass, then maybe so should I. And so he continues on his way. But then comes the Good Samaritan, the one of mixed race, the one hated by uh, most of the um, devout Jews. The relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans was one of hostility because of some bad things that had happened in their history. The Samaritan is not a Gentile. He is bound by the same law as the Jews. The Samaritan would not be naturally from that area. And the scripture leads us to believe, it tells us that he was on a journey. It doesn't just say that he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, but it indicates that he was on a journey. So the, the Samaritan risk defilement as well he approaches this unidentifiable man and helps him. The Samaritan forfeits anonymity when he stays overnight and then says that he would return, which was risky. The wounded man has no money, and when it's time for him to leave, he cannot pay the debt, or excuse me, if he cannot pay the debt, he would be arrested. The Samaritan knows this and and volunteers money, two denarii, two days wages, if you will, and wherever else is needed to see the needs of this unidentified man. Additionally, the Samaritan has no way of ensuring the return of his money. Therefore, it is safe to assume that he did not expect it to be returned. We're all called to be the good Samaritan. Although we often find ourselves as the priest and the Levite, walking by controversy, walking by what's different, walking by what's inconvenient or costly, we're called to help. We're called to be the good neighbor, but we are also being called to fight for change so that the road can be transformed, so that men will no longer be beaten and robbed. This weekend is a holiday weekend, as is evident by our attendance this morning um, and our our presence of our children, Um, and the weekend is attributed to the man, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who knew something about dangerous roads. The road to integrated buses, the road to integrated waiting rooms and lunch counters was a dangerous road to travel. The road to voting registration was a dangerous road for African-Americans. The road to economic health and opportunity was a dangerous road for poor people. But hasn't the road to justice always been a dangerous road? King is quoted about this very passage of Scripture as saying this, On the one hand, we are called to play the Good Samaritan on life's roadside, but that will only be an initial act. One day we must come to see that the whole Jericho road must be transformed so that men and women will not be constantly beaten and robbed as they make their journey on life's highway. True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring we are challenged today to respond as good samaritans as we journey along life's highway but we're also called to improve the roads roads where old habits and prejudices die hard so how can we as god's people seek to improve the roads the roads of race relations in our country how can we seek to help those who are trying to help and stop sexual trafficking, a major problem in this state, in the big cities along our interstates. God's people can also help make the roads safer by loving on others, ministering to others that will lead to changing the heart of an individual, which will prevent violence that no gun law will ever be able to do. Roads are improving for the poor today because of people of faith that are standing up to state leaders and others speaking against predatory lending institutions i don't know how aware you are of this but if you north carolina has better laws than south carolina but as you venture into south carolina you begin to see in gaffney payday lending quick loans you begin to see these advertisements everywhere i'm grateful for the 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 better laws that we have here in our state that prevent against predatory lending who is hurt by this those the poor uh, when interest rates are between 100 and 400 percent a day for you not repaying your loan, uh, this is something that must be addressed and something that must be fought for, fought against. Excuse me. A very convincing passage of scripture that cuts at many, including myself, especially when I read it out of the message by Eugene Peterson this week, out of Amos five twenty-one. Through 24, uh, speaks to issues of justice and improving life's highway. Amos five twenty one through 24 out of the message says this, I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising and schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me, do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want, and that's all I want. There are things that we can do as God's people, as his church, when it comes uh, to issues of justice. There are things that we can do on a state level and nationally. But I ask, how can you and I be a good neighbor right here in Boiling Springs right here in Cleveland County, or possibly a student at Garden webb this morning? How can we come alongside others who are walking down dangerous roads? How can we become involved, or maybe we can become involved in a local school? Maybe we can volunteer in our community. How can we care for and support families and marriages that are struggling today? To quote my friend and pastor Jeff Harris, I'm probably not the only one who wishes Jesus would leave some wiggle room about whom we are called to love, but he doesn't. In the midst of our polarization this year, let us show compassion and mercy to those whom are hurting, those who are different, and those to whom we disagree. But let us also move forward in ways that promote and fight for justice and new laws so that the roads we travel on along life's highway are no longer dangerous to travel. I thought about this passage this morning in a way that I don't think I ever have when I began to read and pray about this myself. We've all heard stories about the Good Samaritans, or many many Samaritan, many of you have here in this place today. But yet when I began to think and meditate upon this and the approach that I've taken this morning, how many of us know we are called to be the Good Samaritan? But what are some things that you and I can do to see that the road that we all travel on life's highway the road from jerusalem to jericho was a dangerous road but how can you and i see that our road that our life's highway becomes a safer road what can we do about that here in boiling springs cleveland county the state of north carolina and in our country today this story came about because of a question you remember the lawyer asked what shall i do to inherit eternal life And there was a dialogue that went back and forth between Jesus and this man. He wanted to get by with as little as he could. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, well, who's my neighbor? And so Jesus went in to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. I'd like to ask you this morning when we begin to think about not only our life on this earth, but when we begin to think about eternal life, do you know for sure this morning that you know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That's my hope and prayer for each of you today. Let us ask, how can we love him more with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, and to be that good neighbor? Father, I thank you today for song, for the prayers, for your word. Father, what an incredible passage of scripture, an incredible challenge. Father, we all have that desire to love you more with our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. So Father, help us and teach us to be about that. Lord, help us as we walk down life's highway to show compassion and mercy like the Good Samaritan, to love our neighbor as ourselves. But Lord, help us to also think about the local communities in the state, in our country this year. And Lord, how can we make the highways that we travel in life safer? What can we do? to combat, Lord, the injustices that exist in our community today, within our state, within our nation. Father, we are your people. We are your church. And, Father, you have given us your Holy Spirit. You have given us your word. You've given us wisdom and knowledge. Father, help us to seek you. And, Father, may you lead us as we do that. Father, bless each one here today. And, Lord, if there is one here today that's never made that commitment, that's never put their faith and their trust in your Son, I pray that they... We do that this day. Bless each one here, Father, and speak to us now as we stand and sing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Please stand as we sing hymn number
6: 605.